You're listening to the Paradox Church Podcast. Paradox Church is a Jesus-centered community where our motto is, Come as you are, no perfect people allowed. For more information about our service times, location, and to get connected with us, please visit our website at www.paradoxchurch.com. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, hey, um, I, I think I need just a little bit more of a reset. Um, so would you just take a moment and would you pray with me as we begin our time together here this morning? Father God, you are, you are good. Your name is light and life. And where you are, there is peace and life and goodness. So Father, I pray that just as you are bringing your light, spring warmth again, new life to the earth. Would you bring new life to our souls, God, to our family, into our homes, to our church, God, that wherever we are, whatever darkness there has been, would you make it tremble in the name of Jesus today? As we look to you, God, would you breathe new life into our souls and refresh us in Jesus' name? Amen. Well, if at any point you want to be, be in prayer with someone or have someone pray for you, you can reach out to the number on your screen. Just text PRAY to that number, and someone would be happy to, to be in touch with you, to pray with you, whether that's right now throughout our service or at the end. Heck, you can even do that throughout the week. We love being there for people in prayer. Well, as Mike said, uh, prior to torturing me, my name is Dave. I'm one of the pastors here at Paradox, and it's really, really good to be here with you in kind of a, a new step, right? We, we get to step into a little bit more, a little bit more relationship, a little bit more community, and I can honestly say it's good. It's good to be here together at church, as a church family. You know, that word church brings up a whole lot of different things for a whole lot of different people. And I remember just a few years back, it was right around this time of year, we were starting a brand new church, which is not an easy task to do at all. But as we did that, we wanted to reach people that wouldn't necessarily go to church, so we had to go to places where those people were. So we would meet in places like uh, front yards, at, at city picnics and carnivals, in coffee houses around the area, and yes, even in bars. And on one particular night, I remember we were doing kind of a pre-launch party, and we we'd hired a band that came out. There was a dude that was playing some, some bluesy rock, and it was awesome, on the guitar, and it was a great night. We had a bunch of family, friends, neighbors, and, and new friends that came out to get to, to hear about what we were doing. And afterwards, you know, like... There, there's always the few, the faithful, like the people that stick around until the end and after, and you go and you hang out. And this, was, this could have been like one of the very first Sunday night cigar times. So me and a few other guys, including this guitar player that had joined us for the night, I, I was just meeting him uh, on this night, we head out and we're doing Sunday night cigars. We're just kind of talking and enjoying each other's presence. And at one point, I remember, he looks over at me and he goes, so this church... Where, where is it? And I'll never forget this moment. We looked around at each other in that moment. There's there probably three or four of us. And it was almost like a, a smile kind of got on our face. And it's like we were all thinking the same thing. And eventually I looked right back at him 
And I said, it's right here, man. It's right here. This is church. This place, doing what we're doing with the people that we're doing it with, this can be church. Now I want to encourage you right now. A lot of you, maybe you've invited somebody over to your house, family, a neighbor, uh, somebody that's just checking out church or, or Jesus for the very first time. To you, I want to say welcome. We're really, really glad that you are wherever you are and wherever that is, it is church. I don't know if you're in a living room right now, a kitchen, outside, at the beach, wherever it is that you are, with whoever you are there with. Y'all, you're at church this morning. It can be your small group. It can be a, a discipleship group or a group of friends that gets together. Church is not limited to a certain place or people or time even. It can be absolutely anywhere. The thing is that very few of us grew up thinking that. Most of us have an idea in our head when it comes to what church is, where church is. We approach it uh, like my kids do, but when we drive by a building, we say, there's church, right? And, and there's these things that come to mind when we think of that. Maybe it's uh, the priest in a robe or the offering bucket coming by or the, the songs, the music, the building itself or something that you always do at church. Maybe it's something that you miss a little bit. But there are certain places, there are certain people, there are certain things that have come to represent church. And because of that, we typically think you're either at church or you're not. You either go to church or you didn't go to church. And what happens is we end up with this, this limited imagination, a, a limited definition of what church actually is. We limit it to something very much inside of the box. But we're an outside of the box church. And the thing is, God doesn't just call us to go to church. We follow Jesus, and Jesus calls us to go be the church. What does that mean? Again, wherever you are, whoever you're with, whatever you have for communion, whatever you're doing, that can be church. Now, how, how in the world can that be church? Well, I want to walk you through just a few elements that are present for an outside-of-the-box church that we've been, we've been looking at throughout the book of Acts. As we've been going through, we started five weeks ago now in this series called Outside of the Box, looking at what it means to go from a come-and-see church to a go-and-be church, wherever you are, just as you are. And the early church didn't have all the things that we've become accustomed to as a church. No, they had to go and be church because that was all that they had. Just like right now, this is all we got. And it's forcing us to, to practice something and to do something and to be something that's new and different and very much outside the box. Well, what are some of those things? First of all, as we flip through these pages of the book of Acts, the earliest church, their story and it becomes our story, we see that an outside-of-the-box church isn't content to sit back and say, come to us, come to church. No, an outside-of-the-box church goes and gathers. An outside-of-the-box church, an outside-of-the-box people think, where are people at? Physically, yes, but also emotionally. 
mentally, like theologically, wherever it is, where are people and what brings people together? Maybe uh, for some of us, it's, it's a game night that has often brought people together or Sunday dinner or a fantasy football league. First, it brings people together and then it divides them after that because you all lose to me. There are certain things, though, that bring people together. And in Acts 16, we see exactly this happening. Now, Paul and Barnabas, Silas, these guys have been sent out from Jerusalem, the center of the church, the home base, to literally the whole world. We are about to to view over the next 14, 15, 16 chapters here um, the story of these men that as they go throughout all of the ancient world doing and going and being church. Their story picks up in Acts 16, verse 11 through 13. And it says that they set sail from Troas where they made a direct voyage to Samothras. We're not going to make it easy on me today, I'll tell you that. And the following day to Neapolis and from there to Philippi which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia in a Roman colony. It's also where Paul writes the letter to the Philippian church, the church in Philippi. We'll come back to that at the end. Picking up in verse 12, it says, From there to Philippi, which is a leading city in the district of Macedonia in a Roman colony, in case you didn't hear me the first time. We remained in this city some days. And on the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate to the riverside, where we supposed there was a place of prayer. And we sat down and spoke to the women who had come together. They go to a place where people are going to be, where the life is, where the party is happening, and they bring church there. They sit down and they talk with the people that had gathered there. It's not come to us. The early church didn't sit there in Jerusalem and say, well, if people are interested in Jesus, they'll come. No, the earliest church and outside of the box church went to them. They went where the people were. And what were they looking for when they did that? As they gathered people or they went where people were gathered already, they were looking for people who were paying attention. Listen to what Acts 16 verse 14 says. One who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. See, it's easy to gather people, right? But you're not just gathering for the sake of gathering. When you're doing outside of the box church, looking around for the people that are, that are leaning in a little bit, the people that are going, you know what? You're different. You've got something that I want, maybe even something that I need. And the God that you seem to know so well or hear from so clearly I'm interested in that. That's what these guys are looking for. And that is what outside of the box people in a church are after. As we gather and go, we're looking for those who pay attention, those who lean in. I remember, same story, right? We were starting the church and we actually started quite by accident, to be honest. Um, We participated and held a, a parenting conference, kind of, Um, And we did this four-week series on how to be a better parent and 
I'm finding out, well, what did I know anyway? But people didn't know that back then. They came and listened. Uh, (laughs) We'll see how it turns out. But we had this parenting conference, and out of that, we said, well, hey, if anybody's interested in continuing, we're going to continue and have what we call here at Paradox a small group, which is a smaller group of people, as the name says, that continues to get together to maybe study Jesus' teachings, follow his ways, and grow in community. That's something that you can join right now as well. It's not just a thing of the past. In fact, there's not a better time to join in with a small group than right now when we have the opportunity to gather in small groups again. It's an exciting time. However, we start this small group and we get to know people. We, we do the gathering thing. We have dinner parties and game nights and it's fun. And eventually, over time, we say, hey, We want you all to know where this is going. We're actually going to be doing something a little different. We're going to be starting a church. And from that gathering of people that we had brought together that was starting to form, there were some that leaned in, that were interested and said, I'm I'm interested in in what you're saying. I'm interested in going where you're going. Let's go there together. But we never would have got there if we didn't first go and gather And I'm already on the doorstep here of of the second thing that an outside-of-the-box church does. It doesn't just go and gather, but an outside-of-the-box church happens in households. Acts 16, verse 15, the story goes on, says that Lydia, this woman that they just met, is baptized and her household as well. And she urged us, saying, If you judge me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. Did the early church meet in houses? Yeah, just like we're doing right now. It wasn't just buildings. It wasn't just the temple. It was everyday life with everyday people doing everyday things, household to household. But that's not the only thing. It's not just a physical geography or location that we mean when we say a household. It's not just a place. A household is also people. A household is your family, your friends, your neighbors, the people that are closest to you, the people that are are in your sphere of influence. That is where church outside of the box happens. See, so many of us get into this thing where maybe we're living our lives one way and then we start getting interested in God. And we, we naturally tend to do this thing where we step away a little bit from the people that know us best and the activities that used to define us and we step into this, maybe even secretly, uh, this new God world, church world. And we have our church friends and we do our church activities, but that doesn't seem to be how the early church did it. That doesn't seem to be how a church outside the box does it. No, all throughout the New Testament, We hear of not just a person, but an entire household coming to faith, coming to know Jesus and follow him. That means the people that knew you best, all your mistakes, all those failures and flaws, yes, God sees them all, but you know your friends and family see those things too. And those are exactly the people that end up being impacted the most, the people that are closest to you. Just last week, actually, I even heard a story uh, from my friend Steve who's been saying that for weeks now, he has been inviting his friends and his family. And and for weeks and weeks and weeks, it hasn't happened. But last weekend, 
It happened. And so many of them were jumping on. It was like a family reunion. But this is how it goes, right? When somebody catches fire, when somebody gets excited about something, it's contagious and it starts spreading. And when life change happens, other people look at that and go, what's going on there? Church outside of the box, church gets outside of the box, happens when entire households start coming to Jesus. When, when the change that's going on inside of you stops being private and starts getting shared with the people around you, the people that know you, the people that love you, the people that you're living your life with, it happens in households. But it also happens intentionally. Sure, there's going to be a, a seeing things change in your life, but there will also be these times when you sit down and intentionally go after who God is in the scriptures, who Jesus is, what Jesus said, what Jesus taught, what he lived, the things that God cares about, the things that God does. And outside of the box, church searches the scriptures, but not just searches the scriptures. We search the scriptures for Jesus. In Acts 17, we see a little bit of this, starting in verse 2, in verse 4. It says that Paul went in, and as was his custom, On three Sabbath days, he reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and proving that it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead and saying, this Jesus, whom I proclaim to you, is the Christ. The Christ is the one that everyone is waiting for, looking for, hoping for. We don't have that same language necessarily now, but we're all searching for something. That's the Christ the waited-for one, the hoped-for one, Jesus. And as we flip through these pages, we begin to see just how Jesus is actually the one that can satisfy our greatest need, our greatest desires. Again, in Acts 17, verse 10 to 12, it happens again where it says, the brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went into the Jewish synagogue. Now, these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica, They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Many of them therefore believed, and with with not a few Greek women of high standing as well as the men. Lots of people are coming into a relationship with Jesus. And it's not because they're just listening to the things that are coming out of my mouth. They're digging in, they're searching the scriptures for themselves, and they're looking for Jesus in it. See, we can read our Bible all day long, but if we don't encounter Jesus in it, it's not going to do anything out of us. If it never gets outside of the book, we'll never get outside of the box. We have to search the scriptures for an encounter with Jesus. What is God saying to us? How is he meeting us? How is he the Christ, the waited for one, the longed for one, the, the expected one to every one of us as we meet him? in these pages. He can actually come outside of the box to us. I love that. They're not just studying the Bible for more knowledge, to know something new about God, or because that's a nice religious thing to do. They're not even trying to be religious. They're looking for Jesus in these pages. In Acts 18, verse 24 to 28, we actually meet a religious dude 
who's doing the same thing, and, and he's, he's very knowledgeable about the Bible. He knows a lot of religious stuff, but he still seems to be missing the point. And maybe that's some of you today. Maybe you've, you've even been going through some of the motions. You're feeling overwhelmed, exhausted, tired, burnt out on religion, been there before, done that, not even all that interested. I don't think it's possible to meet Jesus and get back to that place. That is the product of religion, just going after the stuff without meeting the God that's alive in these pages, that wants a relationship with each one of us, a life-changing relationship. And if you've never done that, I just want to invite you to do that right now. You can reach out. You, you can comment. You know, I'm, I, I want to start again. Whatever it is, reach out, comment, fill out that Connect card. Let us know that you're interested in starting again, not in religion, but with Jesus. We would love to walk alongside of you in that journey of knowing him and following him, just like the guy that we're about to meet is going to. In Acts 18, verse 24, it says that there's a Jew named Apollos, native of Alexandria, and he came to Ephesus. He was an eloquent man, competent in the scriptures. See that? He knows his stuff. He's in this word. He'd been instructed in the way of the Lord. He'd taken the classes before. And being fervent in spirit, he's even excited about this. He spoke and taught, here's the key word, accurately, the things concerning Jesus, though he only knew the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue. But when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him and explained to him the way of God more accurately. There was more. There was something that was missing. There was something that was deeper that this man still wasn't experiencing. It says that when he wished to cross to Achaia, the brothers encouraged him and wrote to the disciples to welcome him. When he arrived, he greatly helped those who, through grace, had believed, for he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, showing by the scriptures that the Christ was Jesus. How do you move from a place of accuracy to a place of power? When Jesus taught, the people would, would stand back and just go, I've never heard anything like this before. He teaches with power. It's not just right. It's not just things that sound good. There's power on it. And it's only when we search the scriptures for Jesus, when we encounter him, his real living presence that changes us, that we begin to live out power. Now, some of us have never done that, right? We've taken the classes. Just like this guy, we, we've been there, we've heard the messages, we've even read the Bible, we know what it says. So how do you actually begin to do that? I want to give you the secret sauce to life change. Did you see what I did there? There's the tie-in, all right? We're going to do the secret sauce only here. It's S-O-S, -S, the secret sauce. There you go. Very memorable, although cheesy, like the sauce. Uh, here's what it is. S. S stands for what does it say? And I want to go back, right? Uh, there was a more accurate reading than even what Apollos was, was, was seeing. So whenever we go to the Bible, whether we're alone or we're together doing church, we want to go, all right, let's retell this in our own words. What are some of the things that jump out? What are some of the questions that, that jump off of this page at us? What are things that we need to wrestle through? How would we retell this story in our own words for today? 
What does it actually say? The second one is O, obey. What, what are we actually going to obey or do? What is Jesus inviting us into that's actually going to change because we spent time in this book? I love how, it, how it's said in, uh, in verse 26. It says that Priscilla and Aquila explained to him the things of God? No, the way of God more accurately. This is not just theological insight or knowledge that they're going after. This is a way of life. Something changes in our lives when something changes in our actions, in our attitudes, in our belief. Is there a promise that we, that we won't need to believe? Is there a sin that we need to confess? If nothing changes, have you really met Jesus in these pages? What are we going to obey when we go to this? That's what gets church outside of the box. And the final, following, the, the next thing is, is this, following the, my goodness, the last S is share. Check out what it says in verse 28. He powerfully refuted the Jews in public. Now, before we go, oh, man, there he goes arguing with a different religion or something. What is Apollos? Verse 24. Now, a Jew named Apollos. Do you know who he goes back to? His own people. The people that know him. The people that have seen him. The people that he's been talking with all this time. He goes back there and he shares what he's learning. He shares what's being, what, what he's seeing, what's changing in him with them. It's been said that you haven't really learned something until you can share it with someone else. But so many of us stop at that O. And we just go, oh man, I, I heard God. I learned something new. Uh, maybe I even made a change. All good. But who are you sharing it with? Church will never get outside of the box until we start to share it, to give it away. To say, hey, I don't want to hit you over the head with this, but I'm finding hope in this. I'm finding life in it. It's changing my life. And I thought maybe it would help you too. That's all we do when we share. It doesn't stop with us. The gospel never comes to us and stops there. It always comes to us on its way to someone else. And throughout the rest of the pages of this book, Acts, the story of the early church, that's exactly what Paul is doing. He's sharing the good news, this message. He's sent out. He's, he's making visits to churches all around the world. He's starting churches. He's writing letters to his friends, people that he's helped come to know Jesus and, and are now trying to follow him because a church outside of the box finally moves the message. Said that we, were, we would go back to this, but when Paul gets thrown into jail, he's in, he's in this and he meets Lydia. He's in this city called Philippi. And for preaching and, and demonstrating the gospel, like I said, he's going to get thrown into jail. And it's that moment in that city where he pens the following words in the beginning of the book of Philippi, Philippians. Philippians 1, verse 12. Paul says, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. So that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Paul was a guy that knew something. 
He was committed to moving the message, and it didn't matter where he was. It didn't matter what happened to him. It didn't matter that he was imprisoned, suffering unjustly. He said, I'm still going to sing out. I'm still going to raise my hallelujah. I'm still going to preach. I'm still going to follow Jesus. I'm still going to search the scriptures and gather people and reach households no matter where I am because maybe, just maybe, all of this has happened in order to advance the gospel. I want to ask us, church, friends, family, maybe, just maybe, all of this has happened over the last couple months to get us more committed to moving a message forward, to being a church outside of the box, to seeing the gospel advance into the lives of our friends, our neighbors, our family, into countries and places that it never would have gone had all of this not happened. But it's not just going to happen. We have to be a church. We have to be people that are willing to step outside of the the box and go be church. You're listening to the Paradox Church Podcast. Paradox Church is a Jesus-centered community where our motto is come as you are, no perfect people allowed. For more information about our service times, location, and to get connected with us, please visit our website at www.paradoxchurch.com. We hope you enjoy this message.